Amen. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'll just use Josh's here. Make it easy for you. Well, good evening. Uh, it's good to see you all here. Saturday night. It's exciting. Um, as we think about that uh, song we just sang, and just even this whole time of worship, I'd, let's just kind of... S- Continue on right now in a spirit of prayer, okay? Father, we come to you, and, and uh, we just acknowledge you as King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty. And, and uh, Jesus, we do desperately need you. I desperately need you tonight. I just pray that you would, um, that you would just uh, get me out of the way, encourage, uh, encourage us with your word and your truth, and that your spirit would just speak to each one of us. And God, our, our, our real desire is just that um, that uh, we would we would leave thinking about you. Uh, we would leave changed by you. We would leave worshiping you. And uh, regardless of what else goes on in our Saturday night, um, God, I just pray that uh, you would be the one that uh, is the forefront of our hearts and minds, and you would be the one who. Is, uh gets glory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You know, um, <clears throat> we're uh, working through this series up on the hill on Sundays about Esther and uh, the book of Esther. And the next couple weeks um, really kind of just kind of overwhelm me with some topics that I just think are important for all of us to to really dig into. And so we're not going to talk about the book of Esther tonight. Um, You can catch it on rimrockchurch.com if you want to hear the whole story about Esther. But uh, I really want us to to talk about kind of the essence of of where we're going here in the next couple weeks because I just think it's like um, really life-changing for every single one of us. It's these simple, simple truths that are so hard for us to grasp. Uh, Rimrock is really known as the Grace Church, and, and for me that's an incredible affirmation. Uh, for some people, that, that can be called a slam, you know, kind of a slam of who we are. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, you're too easy on sin, or you don't spend enough time talking about sin, and so you talk about grace all the time. But, but God's grace does not lead to sin. God's grace leads to Jesus Christ. He is full of grace and truth, and he is grace personified as a man. When he walked on the earth, and he is grace uh, to the full. And so sin leads us away from Christ, and kind of towards licentiousness and trying to do our own thing. Um, there's no sense of being soft on sin. Uh, matter of fact, I think so often we minimize sin too much in our lives. And what we do when we do that is we miss out on the grace that's available to us. Because if we owned every sin we have, every thought we have that's apart from God, and we turn it over and admit it's sin before God, you know what we get to experience? His incredible grace. And it's amazing that he paid for that one too. And, uh, and it just uh, is, is an incredible thing, but there's like this fear of grace amongst Christians. And uh, it kind of, maybe you, you wouldn't say it that way, but, but uh, when you think about it, it it's, it's true. And that really kind of convinces me more and more that God's grace is really not understood. Um, none of us has it figured out. But at some levels, most believers just want some good, hard laws, right? We want some rules. And this sense that, that 
just surrendering to Christ and following the Spirit is okay. You don't have to give me a bunch of rules. kind of drives us all nuts uh, in some level. And somehow we think we just need a little law, just a little law to keep people in control, right? Maybe not yourself because you're fine, but everybody else, you know, you know they need it, right? You know they're the ones that are messed up. And, uh, and, and so we kind of have this, this fear of the grace of God that if we just think that, that God has got this covered, uh, people are just going to run wild and go too far in his grace. But the truth is if we go too far in his grace, we end up spending all of our time worshiping him. And uh, it's a phenomenal thing where that leads. And so be looking for God's grace in your life. Be looking for his grace. Um, often it's very subtle when God inter- intercedes in our lives. He's always present. He's always working. He's always moving. But often the turning points are just very subtle. And, and so I just encourage you to just be looking Uh, for God's grace. Jesus lived his life on earth believing that his father was actually handling the situations. All the situations that he faced. And believe me, his times were um, really, in many ways, much more challenging than our times. And he believed that his father was actually handling all the situations. And it's an opportunity for us to do that as well. To trust uh, that God is moving and to look for his voice and it's gentle and it's sweet and uh, it's subtle but it's all powerful. And God may just be moving tonight in your lives in some way. So, so look for that, okay? And what I really want us to, to kind of land on when we think about this whole thing about God's grace and what God's doing is, is something that, that I think is kind of hard to get our hands around sometimes and yet it's really life-changing in many ways, and it's found in Romans chapter 6, if you have your Bibles or uh, your iPhones or whatever. Uh, and, and Romans chapter 6, it, it kind of begins with this. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Now, we're going to unpack a few of these verses here, but just realize that the first five chapters of Romans, Paul's kind of laying out, like, how do you get right with God? And and really what he's laying out is how do we receive God's life? How do we get restored to a relationship with God? And he's laying out over and over how it's by grace through faith. It's nothing you can do on your own. You can't earn God's favor. We've all sinned. We all deserve the penalty for sin, which is death. And yet we have life through Jesus Christ. So Paul's just laying this all out, um, you know, how you get right with God and how sin leads to death and how we find Christ and now we have his life. And then he switches a little bit here in Romans 6 and he starts to kind of make it practical. And it's like, so how do you then experience that? And, and he begins with, what shall we say then? Um, you know, because he's really just going back a few verses. The law came in so that the transgression might increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. That as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. And basically he's saying, man, wherever there's sin, grace overwhelms sin. So are we to continue in sin so that grace uh, may increase? May it never be. And uh, one author gets us thinking correctly. You know, we bring this bias to the Bible that says we're in control. We understand this is about us. But that's wrong, really. God is the one who's in control, 
and, and, and there's something that happened here that is so profound that we have a hard time getting our hands around, but it, it, it's what God says is true. And God says that you died when you came to Christ. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? God says you died when you came to Christ. Well, obviously, physically, you didn't die, right? Our bodies are still here. Obviously, our soul didn't die. Our mind, we still think the same thoughts. Our choices, we still can make the same choices. Our feelings haven't changed. So that didn't die. We still have our souls. We still have our bodies. And um, it wasn't our body that died. It wasn't our soul to die. Uh, we still have our human spirit, but it was under the control of the flesh. And by nature, we were children of wrath because of sin. So our old man, our old woman, if you, it's not a, uh, a gender term, but our old self, our old man, was purely sinful. Uh, in Ephesians, it says, You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of this air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. We were all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh. We indulged the desires of our flesh. And we were by nature children of wrath. We've all sinned. We all sinned. And that's all we could do prior to coming to Christ. But our old man died, crucified with Christ on the cross. And that's kind of a hard thing for us to think about and to get, but I tell you what, that's where you find total freedom to walk in grace. You see, our old man died, which means then that the Holy Spirit actually comes into you and makes you completely new. That's what happens at conversion. And there's a new person now in charge. There's a new person now who you are, and you are dead to sin, okay? And, and that uh, is, a, is a fascinating thing. And it's only by God's grace. And, and he says, how can we live in sin? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? And that word died is in the aorist tense. It's referring to a single action in the past. Okay? It's a one-time deal. You Christians died to sin. Not that we are dying to sin. Not that, that, that we have died and we're continuing to die to sin. Not that we're going to die to sin. It is finished. It's done. And, and Paul's not saying we ought to die. We have died. The starting point is God, not you. Nobody can crucify himself. And it's all God's work. Verse 10 even says the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. So you want to know how God gives you power over sin? How you can live a holy life? How you can live in these moments uh, without sin? Your old self died. And because of that, you cannot continually live in sin. Now, you can commit sins. We all do. Just like before. But to remain in this constant state of sinlessness or sinfulness, it can't happen. Because we are now... In Christ. And so this becomes so critical for us to get this and to be set free because before conversion, 
before we knew Christ, we were under the influence of sin. That's all we had. And then after conversion, we also are now in Christ and our old self died. So you were a sinner. You deserved to die. You did die. And you received what you deserved in your substitute, Jesus Christ. And you became one with him. Your old life is finished. Your new life in God has begun. And I'm going to just keep pounding on this tonight, but I just want us to get this one thing, if nothing else, okay? Because you may think, well, I still sin. Yes, <laughs> and you always will, as long as you live in this fallen world. We still have the patterns of the flesh, all right? We can't improve our flesh. We can't perfect our flesh. We're always going to be selfish in our own fleshly way, that part of us that's not redeemed. And we're going to sin until we go to be with Christ. But we're separated from the controlling power of sin in our lives. We have a choice not to sin and, and uh, really develop that over time, okay? But you need to know, first of all, <laughs> that you died. And the second thing, then, is that your old man not only died, but is dead and gone. Just looks how Paul keeps going in this. He goes, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might walk in newness of life. For we have become united with Christ in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old self was crucified with Christ, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin we're free from sin now this baptism here represents identification right water baptism that we that we take and we just celebrated last weekend is a shadow it's a picture of of the spiritual baptism it's it's like a dip it's to be immersed it's to be in and as believers we're in christ through the holy spirit it's like a if you had a family that lived in kind of this rundown house and you drive by there, and you see the family was there, and you saw the house was run down. And one day you saw the house was for sale, and the family moved, and they moved out all their stuff inside, and a new family moved in. But you still drive by, and it looks exactly the same. And yet everything's new inside. There's a whole new family. And ultimately, as time goes, things will change on the outside. But your old self, your old self was crucified with Christ. That old self was something that that word is, is really something that's useless. It's fit only for the scrap heap. Colossians, Paul says, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So don't go on living as if you were the same old person. Even in Colossians, he says, don't lie to one another. You laid aside your old self with its evil practices. You put on a new self and it's being renewed in the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. <coughs> One of my favorite verses when I first came to Christ, and it's always stayed with me as one of my favorite verses, is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. I, I, have, I just memorize it. I always say it from memory. But it's just kind of fun to look in my old Bible and read my old verses. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. 
then 21 says, I don't nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. Did you catch that? I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Crucifixion doesn't produce extreme suffering. It produces death. To be crucified is to die. And we were designed for life in the spirit, not in the flesh. We're designed to be dependent on Christ. We're designed to abide in Christ. And we need to know that our old self was crucified with him. So this old man, this old uh, flesh, uh, (laughs) really in Romans, it's like... um, our old self was crucified with him that our body of sin might be done away with. And that, that word in the Greek is kardeego, and it, it really means um, 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 kind of to render inoperative or to be invalid or to make something ineffective by removing its power, to be made powerless, to render useless. That's what's happened to our old selves. We were slaves to sin, now we're free from the power of sin. And I'm not saying that a Christian is no longer capable of sinning. I think every one of us today could probably say, aha, uh-huh, I can still sin. <clears throat> but we're no longer under a compulsion to sin. We don't have to obey sin. Our old man ceased to exist. Our new man lives temporarily in the same body, with the same soul, with the same thoughts, with the same feelings that the old man used to occupy, but the person inside is new. So even though you live in this unredeemed body that gets still de- deal with sin, and these thoughts that you're used to dealing with were new. Augustine said, before the fall, we were able to sin. Adam and Eve were able to sin. After they sinned, he said we were, they were not able not to sin. That's all they could do was sin. Sin is, is falling short of God's glory. Sin is missing the mark of God's perfection. And there's only one who is sinless, Jesus Christ. So without Christ, all we can do is sin, okay? So after the fall, in sin, Augustine would say, not able not to sin. But as believers, we're able not to sin. We can take moments and not sin. You see, we're free. We're dead to sin. The old man is dead and gone. You've been released from sin's dominion and its power over you. Romans 8.1, there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You, you, it's so critical for us to get that, that, that we're free, okay? We're not condemned. God is not pounding on us. God is not trying to get us to pay the price for our sin. It's been paid by Christ. There's no more false guilt. There's no more shame. You're not a sinner. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. You're not a disappointment. You are a child of God. You are alive to him. That's what happened in the cross. And you have life through Jesus Christ. You are set free. It's an incredible truth. And Paul even goes on and he says, Now since we died with him, with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer has master over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Did you catch that? We died with Christ. We get to live with him. 
and Christ has been raised from the dead, he's never going to die again. Death no longer has master over him. Guess what? Death has no mastery over us. So these earth suits wear out, these bodies wear out, and we just get a new one fit for eternity. We have no longer to fear death. We have life through Jesus Christ. He took the penalty for sin. He met sin's demands, and he broke the power of sin. And he rose to give you life. To live victoriously, you have to know that you're new. You're new. You're not what you used to be. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. We still sin. We experience sin, but we died to it. And God says it's true. That's whose authority we're basing this on, what he says. So our lives really are kind of written in two parts. There's a part of us before conversion however that looked as young as that could be or as old as that could be as ugly as that could be or as beautiful as we seem that could be maybe we don't even know exactly when that was but somewhere there's this part of us where we were living in sin that's done when we trust christ and now we have this whole life that goes on for eternity where christ lives in us and even though I don't feel new, even though I don't always act new, even though I don't think I'm new all the time, I'm new because God says I'm new. Because Christ lives in me. So as Christians, you need to know that your old man is dead. Still sin, but not under the power of sin. You need to know that your new man, your new person, I'm not, that's not a gender term, your new woman, if it makes you feel better, is pleasing to God. Your new nature is entirely godly and righteous. Not perfected, not glorified yet, but spiritually alive. You're set free. And I just want to kind of close with this. Just notes that I have in here. And I just think it's important for us to know, even though you may feel unworthy, you're accepted. Even though you feel alone, you're never alone. Even though you have no confidence, you can have all the confidence you need in Christ. Even though you may feel responsible for your life, God is responsible for your life and he's faithful to you. Even though you think you're going crazy and you're confused, you have the mind of Christ. Even though you're depressed and hopeless, you have all the hope you need in Christ. Even though you think you're not good enough, you're perfect in Christ. Even though there's nothing special about you, you think, you have been chosen and set apart by God. Even though you don't feel like you have enough, you have no lack in Christ. Even though you're fearful and anxious, you're free from fear in Christ. Even though you lack faith, you have all the faith you need in Christ. Even though you're weak, you're strong in Christ. Even though you're defeated, you're victorious in Christ. Even though you're not very smart, you have God's wisdom. Even though you're in bondage, you're free in Christ. Even though you're miserable, you have the comfort of God. Even though you have no one to take care of you, you're protected and safe by the incredible protection of Almighty God. Even though you feel unloved, you're very loved. Even though you feel unwanted, you don't belong to anyone, you've been adopted by God. And there's no unplanned adoptions. You're his child. Even though you feel guilty, you're totally forgiven. You're totally redeemed. Even though you feel like a sinner, you're a saint. You're declared holy and righteous and justified. Even though you don't have strength, you have God's power. Even though you feel like you can't reach God, you have direct act access to him. Even though you feel condemned, you're not condemned. You're blameless. Even though you feel like you don't have any plan or any direction, God does direct your life. He has a plan for you. And even though you feel like nothing will ever change, you've been given a brand new life. Even though you're afraid of Satan, you have authority over Satan. 
Even though you feel like sin has power over you, you're dead to sin. Even though you feel like a failure, you're totally adequate through Jesus Christ. I want you to know, and I want you to ponder, that that old person has died, and you have been made new through Jesus Christ. And Father, we just thank you. Thank you that you have paid the price for our sin. Thank you that you got what we deserve, death. Thank you that you were crucified for our sin. Thank you that you died for our sin. Thank you that you took our old self, that old sinful nature, out of the way, and you've given us a new nature. Jesus Christ, Son of God, lives within us. Thank you, God, that even though we don't feel like we are holy and righteous and forgiven and pure that we are, because that's what you say. Thank you, God, that we can live dependent on you. Thank you, Father, that in Christ we have all we need to live this life of godliness. And thank you, God, that never again do we have to face death because you have given us life and that life is in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that you would just let that truth sink in to each one of our hearts deeply tonight and that we would go to bed resting on the fact that we are yours and that you think we are special and incredible. And we'll just praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.